it's such an incredible honor to be with you today, especially since I'm such a famous minister. <laughs> if you came in a little late, I, th there's a play on words with that that Pastor did earlier in the service. And uh, it's just always uh, one of my great joys to be with this church family. And that's what we are. We're family. You know, you can look across the state of America right now, and the family's disintegrating uh, like, like an atom bomb exploding. Um, the world is in a mess. But I've got news for you. Where darkness abounds, light just gets brighter and brighter where evil would try to have its grip. You, you, you know, sometimes people, when things happen to Israel and things like that, and certainly in the prophetic, on the prophetic clock, it is significant, to say the least. Very significant. But when you, when you realize how God works in his structure, he's got something on this earth that will not allow the Antichrist to overtake us. And you know what that is on this earth? It's you. When the church leaves, it will be a different day. But until we leave, we'll see precursors of prophetic flow uh, manifesting. We'll see precursors of prophetic declarations from the Old Testament as well as the New taking place. But thank God he still has a remnant in this earth that refuses to bow, and because of that, you will not burn. Understand that the Lord prompted me with a, a word when we were in prayer. I didn't release it there. I believe I'm supposed to release it now, and I'm probably just going to share it versus prophetically saying it. Uh, he said that not only are you undercovering in this house, in this church family, but you are a covering. Now, that may not sound too astounding, but what you need to realize is not only is he covering you because you're connected to this church family, you're connected to his design and his desire here, but he's using you to cover the region. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, it's one thing. We can get real selfish, very self-centered in wanting to be covered. But not only are you to be covered, you are to become a covering. And this region is being affected because of your presence here. I, I know the glory goes to God. I know he's the one that we rely on and we lean into. But let me say it like this. We can't do it without him. and He won't do it without us. That's how he's worked from Genesis all the way up to the book of Revelation, and it's going to change a whole lot right in that time frame. So it's time for us to put on our armor. It's time for us to realize we are very possibly the last day's church. If we're not in the last days, we're in our last days. And we're going to go out leaving a mark on this planet that's going to affect people's lives for eternity. Amen? You're not the pawn of the devil. You're not the whipping post for Satan. In fact, when you begin to realize who you are, you'll turn that tide on him in a heartbeat. And he'll realize who's in charge. And he knows already he's not. But he tries to deceive you that he is. Jesus is in charge. And he works his charge through us. <laughs> Praise God. That's why believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's why believers will cast out demonic spirits. That's why believers can take any deadly thing and it shall not harm them. That's why, you see what I'm saying here? That's not what we do. That's who we are. My identity was lost. Scott died. According to Colossians chapter 3, Scott died. 
and his life is now hid with God in Christ. If you've truly been born again, you died. God didn't remake an old car inside you to where it ran better. He destroyed that old car inside you and put a new one in you. You've been made, you've been made, everybody say made. You've been made the righteousness of God. You're not becoming righteous. He put his right in you. Praise God. What a way to live. Because our righteousness, as Pastor said just a minute ago, is as filthy rags. But his righteousness rules the universe. And I've been made. This isn't what I'm preaching today, but it sure sounds good right now. I'm just going to keep going there for a minute, Curtis. I've been made. Most people think that I, I have it. I don't have it. I am it. I've been made. You say, well, who do you think you are? I'm his kid. How can I be his kid without his righteousness? I've been made. That scripture where we read that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is, is the very same chapter that says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new species of being. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And then a few verses later, I've been made. Because of that new creation existence that's now on the inside of me. I've been made. I, need, I don't know why I'm hammering this point. Somebody needs to hear it. Because the enemy will try to condemn you. He'll try to make you think you've lost it. He'll try to make you think you can't attain it. You can't attain it. You receive it. How can I attain perfection when I'm imperfect? But when the perfect one. I'm going to preach in here today a little bit. I hope y'all can handle that. I'm not, a, I'm not a one, well, I am going to be a one, two, three, four, five point sermon today, maybe. I don't do that very often. But we need to understand, this, this is our makeup. Your DNA code now in the spirit is no longer human. Your DNA code in the spirit now is divine. And I know that blows religious minds, and I know people would call me a heretic. You call me what you want, I know who I am. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sanctification is a process. Righteousness is instantaneous when you're born into his kingdom. Things of the Spirit are going to become clearer to you than ever before. For daughter, I want you to know because you've been knocking on the door. That door is opening for you even starting today. To step into the realm of my spirit in a brand new way. And you'll begin to see and to hear things you've never heard before. And you'll begin to walk in an authority that you've never demonstrated before. And from this authority, many will come into my plan. Because you lead them by the hand, you'll bring them into my land. So you can rejoice today because where the enemy has tried to belittle you, I'm telling you, you stand strong as a mighty warrior of mine and you have heaven's view. <laughs> Whew, praise God. I'm just getting all excited all over. Thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all have never met before? Can I see your hand? I've never met you before. There's some folks over here, some over here. Wow, y'all just keep adding folks every week. That's wonderful. I think that's biblical according to the book of Acts. Not so we can have more people, so God can have more family. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Well, uh, if you would, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 4. And uh, I'm going to minister a message this morning. You know, the, all the stuff that's going on, I mentioned it just a minute ago, in the world, in Israel. Uh, certainly this is nothing new to Israel. This was a, a very intense attack. But they live on the edge of this every day. Uh, anyway, but it's still, it's still very, very prominent in the prophetic time clock. 
with stuff going on in our nation right now with the, the level of perversion that is operating and uh, that the literally you can sense the anti-God sentiment that is in our communities now. You know, even in the South, we've migrated toward that a great deal from where we used to be for sure. Uh, it can get a little uh, disorienting. You almost begin to think if you're not careful, well, you know, God do something. Well, he is doing something. He's doing it through you and me. But at the same time, uh, you can get discouraged. How many of y'all been believing God for something? You're believing God for something. Let me see your hand. Just about every hand went up. Let, let me say, if you don't have anything you're believing God for because your life is great and nothing is wrong and all your family serving Jesus with all their heart and your neighbors are born into the kingdom and all that, then start believing God for your community. Get out of your box and get into his box. Start believing God for your community. Let me say that one more time. Start believing God for your community. Let me say that. Let's take it a little further. Start believing God for your county. Start believing God for your state. Start believing God for your nation. If you have all your needs met, which you do according to his riches and glory. But if you're still believing God for the manifestation of some of those needs being met, everything's going good in your life, start believing God for somebody else. So everyone in this room should be believing God, trusting God, operating from a third heaven position. i got to be careful. I'll step over a net. That's as far as I'm going to get today. According to Ephesians 2.6, that y'all are probably going to get to maybe next. No, you won't. You won't, get, you won't get to that Tuesday night. I was there this past Tuesday night. You won't get to Ephesians 2.6. You might get to maybe close to the end of Ephesians 1. Because what y'all talked about this past Tuesday night, whoo, you just getting ready to step into the goody. But operating from your heavenly position, you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Passion Translation says you've been co-seated. You sit together to administrate the design of heaven into this heaven earth. I don't have time to teach on that. I'll let Pastor Brett straighten everything out that I mess up today. How many of y'all appreciate he and, he, and, he and Pastor Lisa? Y'all appreciate them? Aren't they a great couple? I love them. I love them. I'll tell you what, God just orchestrated that so beautifully, so strategically. Very few men I know that could administrate the flow of a, a lead pastor position in the way y'all do church. And it's really cool to watch it and, and, and observe it and to be a part of it. But you know, it's easy sometimes if we're not careful to begin to lose uh, a grip on hope. And I want to minister a message today. And uh, let, me, let me get something out of my briefcase real quick. And if y'all are looking for a polished preacher, well, then you need to go down the street that's somewhere down at another place. Come back here, a polished preacher, on next Sunday. Whoever's preaching, it might not be pastor. Might be, oh, is it you next Sunday? Okay. You never know around here. Um, I've got an illustration It's called Hold the Rope. And I'm going to need to borrow you. Now, if you need to sit there, fine. If you can come over here, I'm going to get you to sit right here. Get a little closer. And I'm going to hand you that end of the rope. And you're, you're believing God for something to come to pass. And what you're believing God for, <laughs> I like that, Lord. That's pretty cool. You feel like it's out here somewhere. It's so far detached from you, you can't even see it. But if you stay in hope and you stay in faith, all of a sudden you start seeing it. 
let's say I stand, I'm, <laughs> this sounds funny, I stand for the promise of God. And you're believing God for this promise to come to pass. And this rope is the tether that ties you to your promise. What, what is this tether? It is your faith. It is your believing. That's that system that God set up to where we could receive the promises of God. Is everybody with me so far? So we're going we're gonna to do what here? We're going to, everybody say, hold the rope. Say, Pastor, hold the rope. Come on now, help him out a little bit. Say, hold the rope. Now, for the sake of illustration, Pastor, I need you to set it down. Would you set it down? Wasn't it easy for me to talk him out of that promise? I mean, all I had to do was give him a simple suggestion, and he fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. That's exactly, that's exactly, <laughs> I got a live wire on the end of this one today. That's exactly what the enemy, oh, he let it go again. That's exactly what the enemy does. He subtly and craftily tries to come into your life with manipulation and deception to get you to let go of the promises of God. To get you to back off of your passion for his presence. To get you to back off for your hunger growing for his presence. There are enough distractions in life without us listening to the devil getting us to let go of the promises of God. So, Pastor, uh, once again, would you please let go of the rope? Would you please let go? Hey, <clears throat> you're messing my illustration up now, and I don't know how I can do the rest of this if you don't put the rope on the ground. Chris left. I was going to hand it to him, finish it out. Let it go. I said, I'm an apostle. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. Let it go. Did you hear what I, I don't care if you're the pastor. Would you put that rope on? You're messing me up. Where's the voices? Where's the voices? What's, what's the phrase? It's the title of the message. If you've been listening to anything, you ought to have that much of it. Do what? Hold the rope. Oh, man. But y'all a good group. And when the enemy can't get you to suddenly let it go or put a little pressure on you, do you know you're going to look like a fool if you pass up that CEO position and you take a church? You know how insecure it is to pastor a church? He's preaching to the pastor now. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if he's the apostle John instead of just John. <laughs> Everybody say it again. Now, when, when the enemy can't get you to suddenly let go of it, he'll call in some reinforcements. So, are there any demons in the house today? I need a couple of demons. Oh, come on. I'm surprised some wife has not pushed her husband up here and said, why don't you fulfill that role? You did a good job of it this week. <laughs> Nobody? I'm going to have to ask for volunteers. Come help me out. I need you to help. Yeah, you're going to get... Hey, you got such a great word while ago, you don't, you're not even concerned about this. Help me out. Grab this rope in front of me. Okay, I need you to help me out. Oh, oh Chris is going to get mad at me. I'm, I'm going I'm to use his kids for demons. Come, come here, buddy. Get in front of me here. Help me out. Okay, grab the rope. Oh, let's get one more. You're pointing at somebody. Tap them on the shoulder, whoever it is. Get them, birdie. <laughs> Where, is stone here today? Where's stone? Yeah, you can come too. We need two. Don't you just love Birdie? <laughs> okay, we, we got a pretty good team of demons here now. Hey, we can do some damage. All right, y'all start putting some pressure on that rope. Uh-oh, we're having some trouble holding it now. What's going on? What's going on? Is that, 
Is that all the help y'all got in this house? Boy, I, I'll get, I don't even need three of y'all. To, I could just use you, and that'd be enough. But let's put some more pressure on it. Is there any more help in the house? Is there any more people that'll stand? Are there any, let, look at all the women jump up. Okay, here comes some guys. It's about time. Now, 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 look at this. Look at this silly illustration. But look, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what these guys do down here. They cannot get the rope out of your hands. Okay, thank you, thank you. Y'all can let go now before we hurt somebody. Praise God. Now, now, everybody say it again. Say, hold the rope. I know that's kind of a silly illustration, but it does depict to some degree how the enemy operates in our life and how we can counteract him. Not only do you have the help of the family of God that you're attached to, and that is one of the reasons it is important to be attached to a family of God. Because if you're a lone wolf out there by yourself, I can tell you there's a bigger wolf. And he will at some point in time eat your lunch and pack and pop the bag. So it's important for us not only to be connected to a church family where they're encouraging us. Now, now if you're in a church family and they're demeaning you all the time and telling you you're never going to amount to anything and, you know, you know you're just going to have to take the hard licks of life and just get along the best you can, then you need to get out of that family. You need to get, to get into a family that's going to encourage you, support you, lift you up, and help propel you into the destiny of God that he has for you. And when the enemy tries to come and talk you out of your call, that's no, not your call. I talk you out of God's call, talk you out of the vision he's put in your heart, talk you out of the assignment he's given to you. Certainly we stay under covering, we stay under accountability, we operate in responsibility. I understand those dynamics, but when 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 you're in a church that's trying to talk you out of doing what God's called you to do, you need to find a church family that'll that'll walk with you through the moments that Satan is putting the most pressure on your life to try to get you to let go of the rope that he's given to you. And this is one of those church families. I know most of you in this building, and I know how encouraging you are and how helpful you are. I know when Ellen went home to be with the Lord last February, I got texts from you guys and calls from you guys, and it wasn't a one-moment thing. It was a consistent, almost monthly, if not weekly thing for a season of time. And what that does for a person, it helps them hold on when calamity hits. It helps them hold on when destruction has tried to overwhelm their life to such a degree and in such a way that it positions them to where they become uh, frozen in time, so to speak. Or they, ha- they have paralysis going on in their life spiritually and emotionally. Not only did, did that not happen, it got more intense, the things of the Spirit operating in services that the Lord was privileged me to conduct, it got more intense instead of diminishing. It got greater instead of lesser. It got more, it got more active as far as speaking engagements and ministry engagements than lesser. It's because I had a family. But not only do you have the help of the family, I need to go here real quick, but you also have the help of the angelic host. And if you'll stay on God's side, believing the promise and refusing to let go of that rope, angels are helping bring the manifestation of his desire into your life. We have help. Lots of it. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? i got to give you five. I haven't even got to say hi to you today. It's so good to see you. I love you guys. I love all of you, but I didn't get to say that to you today, so I wanted to real quick. So you are strange. That's okay. Wouldn't be the first time somebody's told me that. Uh, is, this, is this a live stream thing? For those of you that might be watching right now or watching later, okay, wherever. Oh, right here. I found you. <laughs> Took me a couple of minutes, but I found you. I will share with you. I encourage you. You know, it's, it's great when you have to watch at home. And I know some of you are even today. I think Chelsea's home because she's not feeling well. And one of the babies is not feeling well. So she stayed on with the baby. So, Chelsea, if you're watching, I'm saying hi to you right now. I love you, baby. But if you're just staying home week after week after week, I want to encourage you. It's hard for the family to help you hold the rope when you're never with them. I just want to encourage you. We're not, we're not demeaning you in any way, but we want to let you know you're not just welcome here, you're wanted here. 
I want to encourage you, if you're in the vicinity, to, to get off the couch, to get, get, off, get out of the lazy boy, to, to literally literally begin to, so, but I'm, I'm not comfortable with a lot of people. That's the enemy trying to get the rope out of your hand. Don't let him win. Don't give him any rights in your life. Hmm. But we let go of the rope if we're not careful, if we don't have people standing with us. Now, let's, let's read Scripture here real quick because I, I want to give you some biblical analogy to this as well. In Romans chapter 4, since y'all have just finished Romans, which, of course, this was probably months ago, y'all were in chapter 4. <laughs> the way y'all do your Bible study, it might have been a year ago. <laughs> and that's good. I love it. I love breaking it down as you go. Uh, it says in verse 16, let me just start there. Uh, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise, everybody say promise. Come on, everybody say promise. We say, why do you get us to say all this stuff? Because if you won't say it in here, you won't say it out there. I, I, don't, I don't need you to pump me up so I'll preach. Because I, I can preach to, to, to fence posts. Some churches I've been in, that's what I preach to. <laughs> Not this one, thank God. But you get used to saying things out loud, and it gets easier out there to say them because there's a multiplicity of voices joining you in here. That, that, oh, yeah, that's true. The enemy... I'm not saying he won't try to deceive you and manipulate you to get the rope out of your hand when you're in this building and you're all together and you're worshiping and you're praising and you're hearing the word. I'm not saying he won't try, but he has less ability. He has much less freedom to do it in this building. But if you don't learn to operate against him here, then when you get out there, it's going to be a real challenge to stay in that victory that you sense in this atmosphere. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> I know I'm walking off camera, but I'm not leaving the building. I'm just going back here to somebody. I'm doing something in your life you have never seen before. Son, face to face with me, you're going to begin to explore. And the levels of my kingdom that I will begin to reveal to you will absolutely stagger you to the place that you're on the floor seeking my face like never before. For my heart longs for you, and you've given me great permission even in the last few seasons of your life. But if you'll give me another level of permission, I'm going to really show you what it means to have everlasting life. My presence will invade your atmosphere everywhere you go. Oh, Jesus, that's pretty heavy there. And you'll be like Peter walking down the street. People will get healed because of your presence because that's how elevated I'll be in your life to flow through you. And do what I desire. All I need your permission. I'll show you the way. And you'll become more than a mighty man. You'll become a mighty man of the kingdom. Doing things more exactly my way. And lives will be touched because of it. That you've had trouble reaching in the past. Oh yeah Lord I heard that. Even some that have resisted you. Are going to bow their knee. And receive me at last. I just want to make sure. Every time I see you, I'm drawn to you. I don't understand that. Hmm. You say, well, I wish you'd give me a word like that. If it hits your heart, take it. The words of no private, the words of no private interpretation. If I'd told him, Yeah, let's set the Lord, you're supposed to go to China and live for five years. That might not be your word. But God's wanting all of us to do what he just said to him. Anyway, okay. Uh, let me read some more here. Let me try to read these verses first. Promise, that's where I was. So that the promise might be sure to 
What's next in your Bible? Three-letter word. Starts with an A and has two L's. How many? To all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, which are the Judaizers, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And the reason I read this verse is because I want you to see the promises of God are to everyone. They're yes and amen in Christ Jesus. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom Abraham believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I don't have time to break that down as much as I want to. Who contrary to hope, everybody say hope and hope believe so that he Abraham became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb he did not waver at the promise I like what the old King James says it says he staggered not are you a stagger not astronauts go into space stagger not stand on the promises of God I'd rather be a staggernaut than an astronaut. Praise God. I know it's kind of silly. He did not stagger not, he staggered not, or he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced or persuaded that what God had promised, God was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but also for who? Everybody, say, everybody shout us. Say me. What Abraham did to receive the promise of God positioned us to be in an alignment to receive the promises of God just like Abraham did. And if you can find it in the book and it's in context for what he's trying to say, it belongs to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it belongs to you. Now, now let me give you five PowerPoints to possessing the promise. i just reiterate, do it like that because I thought it sounded cool. <clears throat> Number one, hold the rope. Everybody say, hold the rope. So you already got the title of the message, uh, and, 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 and literally what I need, what is the rope? Let me say it like this. Hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. In the Amplified translation of verse uh, 18, that first part says, For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped on in faith. There was no reason for Abraham to have any hope he'd ever had a child, have a child. He had two problems. He was old, Sarah was old, and her womb had always been dead. When it was time frame that they could have a baby, there was no baby. Why in the world could they think that they could conceive a child when he gets this promise at 75 years old? That just frightens me thinking about it. Uh, Ellen used to be a labor and delivery nurse, and she labored a lady one time. I think she was 55 or 56, something like that. And, and it was, she said it was quite an ordeal. The lady cried through the whole process, <laughs> not because of the contractions. <laughs> but they're believing God for a baby. Wow. Any takers over, over 60? <laughs> Nobody raised their hand. I wouldn't raise mine either. But he held on to hope. No human reason to have it. Let, let me give you a definition of hope. I've heard this a long time ago, and I've never forgotten it. Hope is confident expectation based on solid certainty. It is confident expectation based on solid certainty. Now, the world, a lot of times what they call hope is nothing more than wishful thinking. They hope it, they have a hope it happens, but there's no certainty. There's, there's, there's nothing that they, they're anchored to that guarantees them the promise or the thing they're wishing for. But we have something different. Biblical hope is confident expectation based on solid certainty. Heaven and earth will pass away, 
but my word will never pass away. This is solid certainty right here. And I have confident expectation that what I see as a blueprint of a promise belongs to me. I'm preaching to the choir here, but cancer found out how big the promise was to you. It did, and it will continue to know it. The, the cancer found out that the, the confident expectation in a lady was attached to a promise that was solid certainty to you that was more real than the doctor's report of cancer. Are you listening to me? See, you need to, you need to, she didn't go in dealing with that stuff from a position of weakness. She went in with already this operating in her life. When you go into a doctor's office and you don't have confident, confident expectation based on solid certainty, when you're not, uh, let, let me rephrase that. When you're not applying yourself to the word, when you get in those moments where you hear that word cancer, It'll flip your car upside down. It'll mess your mind up, and it hits you anyway. But when you have, when you back off of it, that report just a little bit, you see the other report. We don't deny what he's what he's found. We deny it's right to stay there. Hello, are you hearing me? Hope holds on. See, hope is a confident expectation based upon the solid certainty that God's promises are true, they're real, they're yes and amen, and if it belongs to one, it belongs to all. That's at 75 and 65. Number two, all these are in those scriptures I read. I'm not going to go back and reread them. He had fortified faith. I love that one. Fortified faith. Romans 10, 17 says, Now faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And that's not what it says. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. No, it, it is a continuing tense verbiage. It's not a one-time hear and that's all there is to it. It is a continual hearing of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And that hearing comes by the word, hearing the word of God. I don't have time to break that down. Each one of these are weeks of teaching by themselves. So Abraham had fortified faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, just to give you a couple of scriptures real quick, it says, now faith is the substance. I like to use the word materiality. Now faith is the materiality of things hoped for. Oh, there's that word hope again. The evidence of things not seen. Let's plug our definition of hope into that verse. Now, faith is the materiality of confident expectation based on solid certainty. Now, that's a lot of verbiage there that you have to digest, but if you start thinking about that a little bit, it won't just be I'm hoping for this, I'm locked into this. I'm not letting go of the rope this. I'm not giving the devil an inch in this. All right, let me keep going. Number three. He had purposeful praise. It said he glorified God. Everybody say thank you. What's that the proper response to? When you say thank you, it's a gift received. Something received. Thank you. When you can say thank you to the Spirit of God. Now, see, if I handed somebody a $100 bill right now, they'd say thank you. But can you say the same thank you if I told you right now, well, at the end of service, I'm going to give everybody a $100 bill. Most of you would say, I'll believe it when I see it. That's your problem. You're waiting for visual confirmation versus spiritual confirmation. I don't believe, I don't see to believe. I believe to see. I'm believing the promise of God is mine before I ever see it manifested with my physical eyes. Are you listening to me? This will help you walk in another level of victory if you get a hold of this. He had, he had purposeful praise. He received the promise of God. Now, he had some hiccups. He had, you know, Abraham's a great example. He did mess up. Thank God. Everybody I read about in the Bible messed up. Thank God. He's the God of a second chance, third chance. 
Fourth chance. Some of us lost count. <laughs> Thank God. But the issue, the issue is this. He didn't stay in a fallen position. He didn't stay in his mistake. You've got to do like Micah 7.8 says. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. You may have knocked the props out from under me for a minute, but I'm not staying on the floor. I'm getting up and I'm moving forward and there's nothing you can do to stop me. I know what I'm talking about, guys. I won't go there. Every, 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 every attack of the enemy is one, he doesn't like you. Number two, he sees your potential even when you don't see it. He dealt with the anointing, and every time he dealt with it, it won. And now he sees that same anointing in you. What are you talking about? When, when the anointing in Jesus operated, Satan never had any recourse but to do exactly what he said. Now when he sees you, he sees that same anointing. What, what, what? You mean I'm, I'm like Jesus? It's exactly what you're like. He gave you his DNA. He put his spirit inside you. Same Holy Spirit that operated the miracles through Jesus' body, walking as a Nazarite on the earth, is the, same, is the same Holy Spirit that lives in us. We don't have a junior Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. Okay. i got to move on here. Give glory to God. Purposeful praise. He's 75. Better go down this aisle. Got a little more room over here. 75 years old, still feeling pretty spry. I'm not quite there, but moving that direction. He comes into church service. Feeling pretty good today. God promised God. Pastor gets up. They didn't have pastors. Well, let's, let's just imagine. Pastor gets up. I believe we need to share some testimonies today. Abraham. Well, at that time it had been Abram. Abram, you got a testimony? He is 75, okay? Yes, sir, I do. Lord showed up and told me that Sarah's going to have a baby and I'm going to be a father of many nations. My name is now Abraham. Thank you very much. And everybody in the church said what? No, they laughed like you just did. They laughed just like you did. Nobody told him to hold the rope. Nobody said, that's right, Father Abraham, we're calling you Abraham now, not Abram. Hmm. He praised God anyway. Number four, let me keep moving here. I'll wrap these up. He re oh, I love this one. He refused to yield the promise to the problem. He refused to yield the promise to the problem. I'm going to say it one more time. He refused to yield the promise to the problem. As soon as you let your problem get bigger than the promise, the promise, the problem is going to stay exactly where it is until you begin to get back to that promise. Abraham's 75, 65. Sarah's 65. He's 85. She's, help me out. Thank you, I needed a mathematician on that one. 75. He hits 95. She's 85. 95, 85. I'm not going to get coarse in here, but, but they didn't have some medicine back then that they have now. <laughs> and Martha's laughing louder than anybody. <laughs> 95 and 85. Now, this is, this is several decades after he stood up with the first testimony service. So he comes into church. He's 95 now, guys, okay? Give him a break. Y'all mean the fast motion? This is his chair. 
need some help. Oh, thank you, Sonny. That'd be pretty cool to be called Sonny. He's 95. He'd call you Sonny, <laughs> young man. <laughs> Pastor gets up. He's been doing this for several decades now. Everybody have a testimony? He's real sheepish. Abraham raises his hand. Oh, God. Father Abraham, I have a testimony. I need some help. Come, come help me, young man. Come help me, young man. You sure are slow to be as young as you are. Uh, uh, oh, 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 yeah, there we go. Thank you. Don't leave yet. Might need some more help. I have a testimony. Now, now he's 99. Sarah's 89. We're going to have a baby this year. Get ready for the baby shower. And that's exactly what you'd be doing. We'd be laughing. Ha, oh, who's that old man think he is? What does he think he is? How in the world could that ever happen? But at the end of that year, they were holding their Isaac because he refused to let go of hope, faith, praise, and he refused to yield the promise to the problem. He got to the point when he looked at his wife, Sarah, when she was in her 70s, her 80s, getting close to the 90 mark, when she got in those age brackets that it was impossible to have a child, he quit looking at her having a dead womb, and he saw an incubation chamber. And you may think your dream has died, and you may think you're too old to fulfill it. You may think that what God placed in you when you were 15 and 20 years old, and you never did step into it, that you can't fulfill now. I've got news for you. What you thought was a dead womb inside of you is nothing more than the incubation chamber for God to reignite the fire on the inside of you to fulfill his design and assignment for your life. Refuse to yield the promise to the problem. Let me give you these, these real quick. Act when there's no reason to. Sing when there's no reason to. Praise when there's no reason to. Give when there's no reason to. Serve when there's no reason to. Laugh when there's no reason to. Ha, ha, ha. I've been doing that nearly every day for over six months. Ha, ha, ha. There is nothing going on that is funny. Ha, ha, ha. And I'll stay with it for at least two minutes. Get my watch out and put the timer on it. And laugh for two minutes. Nothing funny. No jokes going on. Ha, ha. And then, I start, then it starts the whale gets primed. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 You say, you have really lost your mind. I don't want to find it. Because the way most people would be responding in a moment like this, I don't want that. Hello? Oh, I have my, there's times, there's times in that two minutes, tears are flowing as much as I'm laughing, but I'm telling you, my emotions are in the back, not the front. My emotions are being led by the Spirit, not, the, not, not my life being led by my emotions. Ha, ha, ha. Laugh when you, there's no reason to. Give the devil a headache. Give him a heart attack. That's even better. Glory to God. Okay, I, I've got to wrap this up. Number five, this is the last point. Abraham was personally, and all of this is kind of rhetorical, he was personally persuaded that the God of the promise would produce the provision. He was personally persuaded that the God of the promise would produce the provision. Let me say it one more time. He was personally persuaded that the God of the promise would produce the provision. He was, let me say it like this, just cut to the chase. He was pregnant with Isaac before Sarah was. Because he took God's promise, God's word, and it became a part of his being. When, when you start moving in faith, hope just sees what can happen. Faith appropriates it. Faith is when it gets inside you and it becomes a part of your spirit being. That, the, that you become the word made flesh. 
And when that happens, the the promise is imminent to manifest. You accelerated it process to get. So, well, I've just been believing God. I've been believing God for some stuff for probably 20, 30 years. It's as much mine now as the day I'll see it with my physical eyes. It's it's mine. Let me give you another scripture real quick. In in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, uh, it says, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Everybody say receive. Well, if you receive it, you must have it. Because that's what the rest of the verse says. Believe that you receive it, receive them, and you shall have them. Them what? Them things you prayed about. Them things you believed for. I know that's not good English, but you get the point. The promise. Everybody say promise. I'm not talking about, you know, believing God for stuff that you can't find in the book. I'm talking about for promises, his word to you. He spoke to Abraham. He's still speaking to us. It's just now it's on the letters of a page. He also speaks to us by the Spirit. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying there. But I'm telling you, we've got a sure word of prophecy. It's called the Bible. And God is not a man that he can lie. And he watches over his word to perform it. And heaven and earth pass away, but his word will never pass away. Hello? I mean, this is you get anchored on this. You get your hope in the word. You get faith receiving and start, oh, I didn't even finish that, that illustration a while ago. Normally what I'd do too is I'd have the pastor start reeling it in. Because when you start operating in faith and you've got the voices of faith behind you and you've got a multitude of angels that are helping you, all of a sudden what's way out there it seems like, all of a sudden it gets reeled in and it's sitting there right in your lap. It's not sitting beside you, it's sitting inside you. Praise God. And that's where, that's where you, you guys are as a church. I know at times you, you think things are wonderful in the church, but my life's still a mess. Just keep yourself solid on the Word and pressing into the presence of God. And I, I don't promise you, He promises you. He promises you victory because He's already attained it for you. He promises you coming out. Uh, uh, of the the valley of the shadow of death because he's already promised it to you. All all these promises there again are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But you got to hold rope. You got to hold on to hope. 